Hello, everyone, and welcome to the second episode of my podcast, The 50th Stolen State Hawaii. You'll learn about how the evolution of the Tropics as Paradise theme has reframed Polynesian culture into a racist party theme and aesthetic. American media actively contributes to controlling audiences with exaggerated racist portrayals of different cultures around the world. The tourist industry and the commercialized theme completely undermine the realities of Kanakamali culture and actively blur out Kanakamali activism from mainstream media. Before I say anything further, the Tropics is Paradise theme can also be referred to as tiki pop culture, but for sake of not subsidizing kii, tii, or tiki further into a quiche theme, I will be referring to it as the supposed Tropics is Paradise theme. Kii is defined within the Hawaiian dictionary as an image, statue, picture, photograph, drawing, diagram, illustration, likeness, cartoon, idol, doll, petroglyph, features as of a face, and plans as for a house. The cultural significance of Kii comes from the carvings. The wood was kind of a vessel for a god to come into, and the god would reveal themselves within the carvings. A Nation Rising describes how in pursuing excellence in ancestral arts, Tengen suggests that ancestors came into our world and we too stepped into theirs. This intergenerational exchange has given potency to Kanakamali cultural political practices. Ki'i is a sacred object that is carved into a human-like form representing their gods or deceased ancestors. Now, like I just mentioned, there's many definitions, but here's just one example of how they're used. The sacred artifacts were placed within a heiau, or sacred landmark, that consisted of a raised platform and a hut-like structure that housed god figures and spirits of deceased ancestors. They were used by priests to perform rituals within the heiau atop the temple platform. There are many different representations of ki'i, ti'i, and tiki within Kanakamali and other Polynesian cultures. The most significant aspect of this is the varied styles and shapes. Ki'i vary in different shapes and sizes, as I just said, but they share similar stylistic features of large almond-shaped eyes, exaggerated mouths, and a stance of bent knees in a wrestler's pose. Ki'i also has a specific Kona style with their wide mouths filled with sharp teeth. This represents the Kona coast on the big island of Hawaii. The introduction of the Americanized Tropics as Paradise theme in the 1930s resulted in the commercialization and mockery of Kanakamali and other Polynesian cultures. The commercialization of tiki mugs, tiki, torches, and unfortunately many more objects root from the cultural appropriation of Ki'i into a theme. Unfortunately, the theme has been carried so far as to covering not just restaurants and bars, but also to fit an aesthetic. So once wealthy tourists came home from the wrongfully overthrown kingdom of Hawaii, they stole even more from the Kanakamali cultural identity. Not only did they steal it, but they created their own racist narrative of Ki'i. To make matters even worse, the impact of travel brochures and American media resulted in the islands becoming foreigners' quote-unquote paradise rather than Kanakamali's home. Alright, I know I just ranted a bit, but who actually culturally appropriated Ki'i first? Well, it all started around 1934 with the opening of Don the Beachcomber restaurants in Hollywood, California. Don Beach, birth name Ernest Raymond Beaumont Gant, filled his restaurants with fishing floats, nets, starfish, sea turtles, and anything else a beachcomber would come across on the shoreline. Don the Beachcomber was one of the first restaurants to introduce the commodified Tropics as Paradise theme, with plentiful cocktails, tiki mugs, tiki, and torches lighting the entire place up. 
His career unfolds that he also opened up the international marketplace in Honolulu in 1956 as a commercial, retail, and entertainment center. The result of Ernest Gant's career was a culturally appropriated, racist, Hollywood-esque version of Kanakamali and other Polynesian cultures. This mass-produced portrayal resulted in a complete exploitation and mockery of Ki'i. Don the Beachcomber restaurants became a chain and went nationwide, warping the American conscience idea of living on islands as quote-unquote paradise rather than someone's home. Wealthy white families traveled to tan on the beach and drink Mai Tais without recognizing their vacation as someone's actual home. Hawaiian cultural practices and origin stories renamed into the notions of mythology from European missionaries became modern entertainment for white America. The impact of the Tropics as Paradise theme within the 1930s and the 50s and 60s illustrates the introduction of an Americanized view of, of Polynesian cultural practices. In 1963, Walt Disney decided to open up a tiki room into Disneyland. The culturally appropriated tiki room at Disneyland made room for more forms of commercialized representations of Kanakamali culture. Nowadays, we see forms of Tropics as Paradise and more specifically tiki pop culture portrayed through common childhood cartoons like SpongeBob SquarePants. Side note, in your free time, look up the history behind quote-unquote Bikini Bottom in reference to the American military nuclear test site on Bikini Atoll, and it will ruin your childhood. Like, oh my gosh. I hate it here. As tiki pop culture gained popularity, the mass manufacturing and racist Americanized distortion resulted in a nationwide misrepresentation of Kanakamali and other Polynesian cultures. Kanakamali's sacred religious artifacts used in rituals became American toys, cocktail mugs, and exploited further to mock the culture's religious practices. Not only did this affect Kanakamali's cultural identity, but it rerouted the American conscience away from Kanakamali activism. Travel brochures and the Tropics as Paradise theme, introduced through Don the Beachcomber restaurants and the Tiki Room at Disneyland, deterred visitors from caring for Kanakamali land and culture. The supposed tropical vacation is a fantasy that creates the notion that Kanakamali's home is there for entertainment, hospitality, and for the taking. The reality of militarism and tourism in Hawaii have led to an immense population decrease, raised major health concerns, and major environmental desecration for Kanakamali land and culture. The consistent desecration on the islands proceeds to cater towards wealthy foreigners rather than Kanakamali. So once tourists return to their homes on the continent, anyone could have all the quote-unquote necessities of paradise in their backyard. This racist, commercialized theme created the notion that Kanakamali's home and cultural practices are now quote-unquote paradise for Americans. Now anyone could go buy the quote-unquote necessities for a luau and set it up in their backyard as a form of escapism. The hotels, restaurants, bars, resorts, and mansions along the islands are there for foreigners. And then you have the tourist industry coming in with all these restaurants and resorts and mansions coming in as well with like vacation homes and then you have like I mean it, it just it's it's a whole gentrification project it's an entire let's make this someone else's quote-unquote paradise while gradually like pushing out Kanakamali from their home all right I know I know most of my podcasts are just me ranting but enough of my research let me read you a poem written by Dan Talapapa McMullen before I start reading the poem, I would like to say a huge, a huge thank you to my mentor, Brandy McDougall. This podcast series wouldn't have been possible without you and all of your support this semester. So Brandy, I know you're listening. And from the bottom of my heart, thank you so much for everything. Like, oh my gosh, thank you, thank you, thank you. Okay, 
Now, let's dive into this poem. Dan Talapapa McMullen illustrates the impacts of commercializing Polynesian cultural practices, more specifically as an indigenous person of Samoa. Tiki mug, tiki mug, my face, my mother's face, my father's face, my sister's face, tiki mug, tiki mug. White beachcombers in tiki bars drinking zombie cocktails from tiki mugs. The undead, the tiki people, my mother's face, my father's face. The black, brown, and ugly that make customers feel white and beautiful. Tiki mugs, tiki ashtrays, tiki trash cans, tiki quiche cultures, tiki bars in Los Angeles, a tiki porn theater, tiki stores, tiki conventions, a white guy named Kukulele singing an Ugo Buga fake Hawaiian makes me yearn to hear a true Kanaka Mali like Kamaka Eva Kanaka Ole sing chant move her hands, the antidote to tiki bar people who don't listen because tiki don't speak any language, do they? Tiki bars in LA, in Tokyo, in the lands of tiki, Honolulu, Papeete, wherever tourists need a background of black skin, brown skin, ugly faces, to feel land of the free, expensive rich, on vacation, hardworking, with a background of wallpaper, tiki lazy people. Wallpaper made from our skins, our faces, our ancestors, our blood. And I'm here in Los Angeles or anywhere here, in the so-called West, which is everywhere. And here, we are tiki mug people, my mother's face, my father's face, my face, my sister's face. Can I remind us that tiki, whom we call tiati'i and ti'i'i, some call ki'i and some call ti'i, that tiki was beautiful, jutting eyebrow, thick lips, wide nose, brown skin in some islands, black skin in some islands, brown black deep, thick thighs, jutting eyebrow, thick lips, wide nostrils, breathing, lifting the sky over Samoa, lifting the sky over Tonga, lifting the sky over Viti, lifting the sky over Rapa Nui, lifting the sky over Tahiti, lifting the sky over Hawaii, lifting the sky over Aotearoa, and looking to, paying respects to Papua, to the Chamorro, to Vanuatu, to Kiribati, Lifting the ten heavens above Moana, not your Pacific, not your Disney, but our Moana. And now in tiki bars, Chilean soldiers have drinks from tiki mugs after shooting down Rapa Nui protesters in Rapa Nui. Not Easter Island, not Isla de Pascua, but Rapa Nui, whose entire population was kidnapped and sold in slavery to South American mines in 19th century and whose survivors are shot on the streets of their lands in Rapa Nui today. And American police drink Mai Tais in Honolulu bars from tiki mugs while native Hawaiian people live homeless on the beaches. Indonesian settlers drink from tiki mugs in West Papua, where half a million Papuans have been killed seeking freedom after being sold down by the river by President Kennedy so he could build some mines for his rich, cultivated humanitarian friends. And French tourists drink tiki mugs in Nouvelle-Calandonie and Polynesie Francaise, while native people are where? Where are we? In the wallpaper, on the mugs? 
All right. Thank you everyone for listening. And I hope you learned quite a bit. I hope you stay tuned for my third episode on another objectified commodity being the dashboard hula girl, the introduction of European missionaries, as well as the attitudes of American military occupation directly affected the attitude towards Kanakamali women and the traditions of hula. So stay tuned to learn more about that within my third episode. Thank you.